Welcome to the Bible Truth Podcast with Ron and Tim Reynolds, pastors and Bible teachers. Pastor Ron and Pastor Tim combined for more than 70 years of teaching and preaching God's Word. Listen now as they share the eternal truths of the Bible. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to Bible Truth for Living. This is your host, Pastor Tim Reynolds. I'm excited to be with you today. Before I get into the message, I'd like to encourage you to mark your calendars for May the 19th, 20th, and 21st. Next month, the month of May, will mark the 75th anniversary of modern-day Israel. With that in mind, we are going to host an Understanding the Times Bible Prophecy Weekend at Mount Vernon Baptist Temple. Now, we're really excited about this. Friday night, May the 19th, we'll start off with Pastor Rodney Malott. Brother Rodney has been to Israel several times. He's going to bring a teaching on the coming third temple. That is already in preparation today. It's also a sign of the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so you'll uh, enjoy Brother Rodney's teaching. And then Saturday, we will have a representative from the Understanding the Times Olive Tree Ministries with Jan Markell. The guest speaker will be Ken Michael. He is a representative. That will begin at 5 o'clock Saturday evening, May the 20th. He's going to hold a two-hour session on current events uh, and the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Going to tie together a lot of the things that are going on in our world today and uh, how they point to the return of Christ. And then Sunday morning on May the 21st, 9 o'clock in the morning, my dad, Dr. Ron Reynolds, is going to teach a lesson on the coming kingdom age, characteristics of the kingdom age. And then I'll be preaching that Sunday morning at 10 o'clock on the title, Are You Ready for the Rapture? And then we'll conclude Sunday night at 6 p.m. with a roundtable question and answer session uh, with myself and Pastor Rodney Malott. And if you have any questions about whether it's the rapture, the um, uh, tribulation period, the kingdom age, uh, what's going on in Israel, uh, current event things, all of that we'll be discussing Sunday night. So it's going to be an exciting weekend. I encourage you to mark your calendar, tell others about it. That is May the 19th, 20th, and 21st, Friday night, Saturday night, and then all day Sunday coming up in May at Mount Vernon Baptist Temple. We're located at 817 Woodland Drive, just off of Route 37 South in Mount Vernon. I'll remind you about that each week as we continue to get closer to that event. Well, today, the message is titled, A Woman with a True Heart for Jesus. I'm reading from Matthew chapter 26, beginning in verse 6. The Bible says, Now when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment, a perfume, very expensive, and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye this woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me you have not always. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this gospel be preached, that this woman hath done, be told for a memorial of her. One of my wife's favorite places to get good smelling stuff is Bath and Body Works. Some of you may go there. 
Uh, I've uh, purchased things there for her before, and I always get a kick out of the names they have for some of the scents, like Bahama Passion Fruit or uh, Pink Pineapple Sunrise. You know, they always have fancy names with those uh, with those scents. And there's lotion and sprays and gels and creams and candles, all of those things to make a person or even a place smell good. Today, we're going to be looking at a woman who really enjoys good-smelling fragrances. We don't know where she got it. We don't know how long she had it, but what she does with it is what reveals her true heart for Jesus. It's not what the item is or even how expensive it is, but it is the attitude and the purpose behind this precious ointment that God wants us to see and I believe duplicate in our own lives. We'll begin looking at the woman's coming to Jesus and where she sought him. In verse 6, the Bible says, Now when Jesus was in Bethany, the little town of Bethany was just outside of Jerusalem, and it says, in the house of Simon the leper. Now, his condition is all we know about Simon. He has leprosy. We don't know much else about him. He has a disease that is incurable. It is highly contagious. In fact, he would have been a social outcast having leprosy. But Jesus has apparently healed him and is now a guest in his house. Now, anytime you see leprosy in the Bible, it represents sin, the effects of sin. Sin is incurable. We cannot cure our own sin. It is contagious. It spreads. It is passed on from generation to generation. You see, you not only pass on your looks to your children and your personality, personality, but you and I also pass along the sin nature that we have. Every human being since Adam has done that. You know, you could just easily say Tim the leper because I as well have this sin disease. But here's the good thing. Jesus can be found in the presence of sinners. Some people think, you know, Jesus only hung around the religious crowd. No, in fact, that's who he had the most trouble with. Listen to Matthew chapter 9 and verse 10. The Bible says, and it came to pass as Jesus sat at meat, he sat down to, to, for a meal in the house. Behold, many publicans, those were cheating tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. Even uh, sinners were drawn to Jesus. He didn't have to go to them. They came to him. Something about him stood out. And when the Pharisees, the religious crowd saw it, they said to his disciples, why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? Doesn't he know who he's hanging out with, those down and outers? But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, they that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick, referring to their sin sickness, but go you and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. The Pharisees will all into sacrifice and the laws and doing the, all the do's and don'ts. And Jesus says, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in giving mercy. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. By the way, the irony there is that the Pharisees were as great as sinners, if not more than those publicans and sinners. Until a person sees himself or herself as a sinner, you can't be saved. You must realize you're hopeless. You're uh, As a sinner, you're a leper, so to speak, until Jesus changes you and saves you. So, so she seeks him in the house of Simon the leper. And then we see what she brought him and the costliness of of her act. Back in Matthew 26 and verse 7, 
there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment. Now, Mark and John tell us that this ointment was called spikenard. Now, that's not a very fancy name. You won't find spikenard at Bath and Body Works or probably any other uh, places where you'd find expensive perfume. But it was imported from Syria and India, and in fact, it took a full year's wage of the average person to afford it. I have read that this uh, pound of spikenard would have cost somewhere in the neighborhood of $55,000 in today's money. That's a lot of money. I, I happen to look up what the most expensive perfume is today. And uh, from my uh, research, uh, this is what I found. Clive Christian's Imperial Majesty perfume sells for $38,000 a pound. That's 16 ounces. Uh, and they deliver it to you in a Bentley. So, guys, if you're looking for a Mother's Day gift, there's an idea for you, all right? Very expensive. Now, the question is, where'd she get this uh, expensive ointment? We have no idea. The Bible doesn't tell us when she got it, why she got it, how she obtained it. But the interesting thing to realize is that she recognized that the value of the ointment was only exceeded by the value of the one she poured it on. You see, she wanted to give Jesus the best. And the example here is for you and I, we ought to give Jesus our best. Do you give Jesus your leftovers? Do you give him your leftover time? Do you give him your leftover treasure, your leftover talent? Or or do you give Jesus your best? I think we ought to give Jesus our best. And that's what she does here. Not only do we see the costliness of her act, but we see the conspicuousness of her act. She does this right out in the open. The Bible tells us she poured it on his head as he sat at meat or sat down for a meal. At this point, she doesn't care who is around. Her focus is solely on worshiping Jesus. Beloved, that's another great example for you and I. Our worship, our giving, our service should always be about Jesus. We should not be concerned with other people's expectations or getting their approval. We're not even to be interested in getting our own attention and people saying, boy, look at him or look at her. No, it's all about Jesus. And she doesn't care who's around. She wants to worship Jesus and honor him. But you know, when you do that, you'll always have critics. And that's the next thing we see in the next two verses is the woman's critics. And we see they saw her worship as wasteful. Verse eight, but when his disciples saw it, these are men who happened to be there when he healed the blind and the lame and raised the dead and heard all the parables. But when they saw it, they had indignation. That's a strong word. It means resentment and annoyance toward the woman, saying, to what purpose is this waste? You see, when you give Jesus your best, there will always be critics to say, what a waste. Let me give you an example. Some people would say, why do you waste your time going to church every Sunday? You know, last week was Easter. I can sort of understand that, maybe going one time out of the year. But you go every Sunday. Don't tell me you go back Sunday night. And surely don't tell me you go Wednesday night. What a waste of time. That's what many people believe. But you know, if we're going to give Jesus our best, we ought to give him the best of our time. There will always be critics. Some will say this, why would you waste your money giving to God's work? I mean, here you go to church and they pass the plate around and they're always asking for money to keep the lights on and the ministries going and to support those missionaries. You could use that money to buy yourself a boat or take a vacation. What a waste. How about this one? What a waste of energy to teach a class, to 
to take a time out to teach maybe vacation Bible school or to witness to somebody. What a waste of energy. You could be doing something else with your time. There will always be critics who see our worship as wasteful. Well, Jesus tells us, in fact, he's going to address it in a moment, but let me give you verse nine, because I think this is important as well. They not only saw her worship as wasteful, but they they take it to the next level. They claim her worship is wicked. In verse nine, the Bible says, for this ointment, this expensive perfume might have been sold for much and given to the poor. Now, that sounds real noble, but what you have here is you have those who see a social gospel more important than a saving gospel. Now, what you say, what is the difference? Well, the social gospel is only interested in what you can do physically for someone. I'm all I'm all for feeding the poor, the hungry, and getting clothes on their back and, and water. You know, you, you must meet the physical needs of people, but not at the expense of sacrificing their spiritual needs. People need the saving gospel more than the social gospel. You know, you can put clothes on someone's back and feed them and water them, and they die and go to hell without Jesus. They'd be much better off to have Jesus and know they're on their way to heaven, and then you can help take care of those other needs. By the way, this attitude was led by one of the disciples, and we know him as the traitor. We're going to look at that next week. That was Judas. And Judas had no concern for the poor. He was only concerned about himself. He he wanted it to sound noble. You know, this could have been sold and given to the poor. He didn't care for the poor. In fact, I'll prove it to you. Listen to John's account in John 12 and verse 4. This is the same story, just a different account. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence, that would be a full year's wage, and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein which tells us that he was not interested in the poor. He was interested in scamming some of the money and pocketing some of it. Why couldn't we sell this perfume and I could put some of the money in my pocket as well? You know, he had ulterior motives. The critics always do. They may try to sound noble, but they're selfish motives. And this uh, particular person, Judas, saw value in the stuff that could be sold rather than the value in the Savior. That was the biggest difference between the woman and the disciples, and in particular, Judas Iscariot. Now, let me share with you the third thing here, and that is the woman's commendation. Jesus now is going to share some thoughts as we see her splendid devotion in verse 10. When Jesus understood it, he knew what the disciples were saying to one another, and he knew their intent. Whether he physically heard it or not, we don't know, but he's God in the flesh, so he could read thoughts. He said to them, why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. A good work. You know, Luke chapter 10 also has Luke's account, and he says she has chosen the good part. That's what Jesus says here. Jesus jumps to the defense of this woman. You can imagine as she thought she was doing something good, the disciples begin to scold her and put her down. She's probably embarrassed, probably dumbfounded, probably thinks, boy, why did why'd I do this? What was I thinking? And Jesus steps right up to her defense and says, she is the one who has her priorities in order. It's you guys who've missed it. Oh, you've, you've heard the teachings, you've seen the miracles, but somehow she understands the deeper meaning and the spiritual aspect that you guys don't get. 
That's her splendid devotion to the Savior. And then uh, along those same lines, we see her spiritual discernment regarding the poor. Here's what Jesus says in verse 11. For ye have the poor always with you, but me you have not always. Now, please understand this. Jesus was not neglecting or disregarding the poor, but he was giving us the proper perspective. That is a true statement. The poor you have with you always. There will always be poor people. I don't care what society uh, you're talking about. There will also be, there will always be those who have much and those who have little. That's just the reality, really, in a sin-cursed world. That is the reality, all right? And Jesus said, you have the poor always. Not that they should be neglected necessarily because Jesus came uh, for the poor. He wants to save them. But at this particular moment, at this particular time, the focus was to be on him as he was presenting himself a sacrifice on the cross. You see, he was soon to be crucified and put in the tomb and then resurrect and ascend to heaven. And, and, and Jesus says, uh, you're, you're going to have the poor always. That, that will be a mission, and we still have that mission today. But I'm only around for a short period of time, and you need to realize that. So we see her spiritual discernment regarding the poor, but then also regarding his person, because Jesus adds this statement, for in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Now that's an important statement, for my burial. He is openly stating here, I'm going to die soon, and she's making preparations for it. Now here's a great theological question. How did she, and this woman, by the way, is Mary of Bethany, how did she understand that and the disciples did not? In fact, the disciples, they were still expecting Jesus to set up his earthly kingdom. She was expecting him to die as a sacrifice for sin. He had said that all along. That's what he was going to do. They kept thinking in the back of their mind, well, he's going to establish his kingdom. That's what this is all about. Even when he's getting ready to ascend to heaven in the book of Acts, they asked that question. When are you going to establish the kingdom? That was on their mind. They thought that's why Jesus came the first time. That's not why he came the first time. The first time Jesus came to earth, he came to die and become a sacrifice for the sin of humanity. When he comes again the second time, that is when he will establish his earthly kingdom. They didn't get it, but she did. And Jesus said, she's preparing my body for burial because I'm soon going to die as a sacrifice for the sins of humanity. And then Jesus gives her a very special distinction in verse 13. He says, verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman hath done to be told a memorial of her. Now, let me focus on that phrase, this gospel, wherever, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached. There's a lot of gospels out there today. There's the social gospel, the prosperity gospel. There's the woke gospel, you know, that we need to embrace social change and all of these things. There's a lot of different gospels. Paul, in his epistle to the Corinthians, said, uh, if you preach any other gospel, in fact, it's Galatians, not Corinthians. If you preach any other gospel than the saving gospel of Jesus Christ, you're to be cursed. In fact, he said, if you hear it from me or even an angel, don't listen to it. There's only one gospel that saves. You say, what is the gospel? Well, the gospel is the good news. That's literally what the word means, but it refers distinctly to the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the true saving gospel. 
There's nothing else that will save us except for that, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And Jesus is so strong in this. He says, everywhere this gospel of the death, burial, and resurrection of me is preached, this woman is also going to get some credit here. It's going to be told a memorial of her. Here we are over 2,000 years after that event, and we're still talking about her. What a great memorial. You know, not too many people are remembered 20 years after they're gone, let alone over 2,000 years. Jesus said, you're going to be a perpetual memory because you understood what my sacrifice was all about. Now, let me wrap up with this regarding Mary of Bethany. You will not find her at the cross. You will not find Mary of Bethany at the tomb. That's interesting. Why wouldn't she be there? Well, I'll give you my personal opinion. I believe that she already knew Jesus would die and raise again. I believe her faith was so strong, she did not have to have those proofs. She wasn't expecting to see him, certainly in the tomb. He had said she, that he was going to die as a sacrifice, so she already prepared him for that in, in this uh, ointment for uh, burial. I personally think, and you don't see her name necessarily, but I believe the next time we see Mary of Bethany is in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. I believe that she was with Mary, the mother of Jesus. It mentions the other women there in Acts chapter 1. And I believe that Mary of Bethany would have been part of the first New Testament church of Jerusalem. Whatever the case is, we know this, she had a true heart for Jesus. She saw the value in Jesus more than the value of stuff. Let me ask you, do you see the value of the Savior? How important is Jesus to you? Is he important enough for you to go to church every opportunity you can? Is he important enough to you to give of the money that you have made so the gospel can be furthered through ministries, through the church, through bus ministries, radio ministries, podcast ministries, uh, missionaries around the world? Do you care that much? Is he that important? Is he that important to you that you pray and you acknowledge him and you ask him for guidance and for help? Or is Jesus just sort of a passing thought for you maybe at the end of the day, now I lay me down to sleep. Maybe you just tip Jesus occasionally when you think of giving. Maybe you just show up at church whenever you don't have anything else to do. You know, you find out the importance of someone by two ways, by your calendar and by your checkbook. You can find out whether Jesus has value or not. To her, Jesus was the most valuable person in her life. And I think she's a great example for you and I. Well, I'll close the message with that. Let me invite you to our churches where I have the privilege of pastoring, Mount Vernon Baptist Temple. We begin every Sunday at 9 a.m. with Sunday school classes for all ages, 10 o'clock morning service, 6 o'clock evening service, and 6 p.m. Wednesday night service. Mount Vernon Baptist Temple is at 817 Woodland Drive here in Mount Vernon. You can call us at 618-244-5404 or find us online at mountvernonbaptisttemple.com. Then at Waltonville Community Church, we're located at 321 South Hiram Street across from the Waltonville Cafe and Grain Elevators in Waltonville. We start every Sunday morning at 11.15 a.m. We have a nursery and a children's church, and we would love to have you out at Waltonville as well. You can contact us by call or text 618-315-1111 or online at waltonvillecommunitychurch.com. 
Also, let me thank all of those who support the broadcast by listening, by praying for us, and by your financial support. That's the way we go on the radio on two stations every Sunday morning and also now with our podcast ministry. It's the free will offerings of God's people who uh, support us, and we use those funds to pay the radio stations and to pay for the podcast that we get out. And if you're not a supporter, but you appreciate the truths of God's Word being preached, uh, we encourage you to be a Bible Truth uh, partner. You can write to us at Bible Truth. 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Include your best gift. If you want to include a prayer request or a, maybe a Bible question, we always encourage you to do that as well. Lastly, I'll leave you with this. Don't forget to mark your calendars May the 19th, 20th, and 21st for our Understanding the Times Bible Prophecy uh, Weekend. We have plenty of uh, online digital uh, flyers that you can share. If you go to Mount Vernon Baptist Temple on Facebook, you can like the like the page and you'll find it there. You can share it with friends. We also have a lot of postcards printed up. If you would like to help take some of those around and tell people, you can contact us by, uh, again, uh, call the church, 618-244-5404. Say, hey, I'd like to pass out some of those uh, Bible prophecy postcards at my church or work or neighborhood, whatever, and we'll give you some of those and help us spread the word uh, for that prophecy weekend, May 19th to the 21st. Thank you so much for listening. Always a joy to be with you and look forward to being with you again at our next appointed time. Until then, this is Pastor Tim Reynolds saying may God bless you is my prayer. You've been listening to the Bible Truth Podcast with your host pastors, Tim and Ron Reynolds. They can be contacted on the Mount Vernon Baptist Temple Facebook page, or you may send Pastor Tim an email to T-I-M-R-E-Y-1 at hotmail.com. Or if you prefer, mail correspondence to Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Again, that's Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Thank you for listening.